Hello and welcome to Media Made, the show in which we year by year explore the movies, music, and TV that most invaded our lives. I'm your host, Cranky Green Man, Rod, and I'm joined by... Girl Without a Curfew, Jess. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> hey, hi. This is Media Made. Um, if you're new to the show, what we do is Jess and I, we're married. We started Most as, days. Yeah, most <laughs> As a collaborative uh, couples exercise, we one day decided, hey, let's go year by year, look at a list of every TV show debuting in that year, and decide which one of us have seen the most in yeah. our lives. And uh, and that's what we did. We yeah. uh, we turned it into a podcast. Gosh dang it! And here we are because it's so much fun. We feel like you should join us, kids. Yeah, and do it yourself. If you listen to this, you listen to this episode, or if you're a fan and you say, "Hey, what they are doing sounds like a lot of fun," you go do it. Yeah, honestly, that's probably the main reason we started the podcast. We kept we kept telling our friends to do it, and they were like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll do it," and they didn't. One of you have to. Yeah. One of you have to go look at a list of every. TV show debuting in 1989 and think, okay, which one have I seen from start to finish? Have I seen it from start to finish than this other show? And then, and then go watch it with your 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 loved ones, your brother, your sister, your best People friend. People you kind of like. Yeah, co-workers, whatever. A roommate. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it's fun to see what built your taste. Yeah. Um, so here we are, 1989. Television. Uh, we also do movies and music as well. Um, but here we are. This is our last episode of 1989. Jess's birth year. Yeah. And we're going to start with your show. Yeah. As a birthday present. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So jumping into it. You're so cute. You're so, I'm sorry. I was distracted. <laughs> jumping into it. Debuting September 22nd, 1989 on ABC starring Reginald Vell Johnson, Joe Marie Payton, Darius McCrary, Kelly Shanine Williams, <laughs> and Jalil White. We have what show? Family Matters. It's a rare condition. We have the most, like, the oldest sounding theme song ever. <laughs> I know that they all sounded like this. Like, this sounds just like the, the guy from, uh, the other, the, no, no, the one with Mary-Kate Nashley. Uh, um, Full House. Full House. This is just the Full House guy. <laughs> Oh yeah, it sounds well, like him. Sounds, I mean, yeah. There was, there was definitely, it's a there was definitely a style. Yeah, <laughs> which it, you watch the theme song for this show. It's, it already looks. It, I think I would imagine it looked old in 1989. Yeah, it's such a throwback. It looks like something from the 70s. <laughs> Did this come out after Full House? Yes. Yeah. They they occupied the same Sphere. ABC Friday yeah. Night Block. We'll talk about. that. I just that. couldn't remember. Yeah. Do you want to tell the, the folks at home uh, how you got into the show and why it's your show of 1989? It was on TV when I couldn't control the TV. I don't know. Was this, you a, know? Was this a Hatcher family uh, show? Yeah. We didn't like sit and watch a lot of shows together as a family, but um, this was one of them. And I like also caught it a lot in reruns, obviously, because it only ran for six seasons and I was six years old. No, I think it was nine seasons. Nine seasons? Yeah. Let me, let me, Sorry, I'll fact check that. Go on, go on. I'll fact check. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things, like that's in my mindscape. You know, I don't know. It's like one of those things. Where it's like, yeah, we did this. We watched this. Definitely, we quoted some stuff. <laughs> yeah, season nine. They uh, they went nine seasons, almost a tenth. Ah, uh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I 
Save for like one particular character, I never watched. Like I don't know, I know nothing about this show uh, before we watched it for this, and uh, I, I, I don't think I'd ever seen a single episode of the show oh. in my life. Well, I'm glad it you was like christened you. It was like in my sphere, it was like a meme show, you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. People talked about it ironically because okay, of how fair. weird, it, how weird it got in the final season. <laughs> That's fair. It did get, did did get yeah. quite experimental. So it was like this weird oddity that people would bring up and laugh about, you know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and oh, okay. So my little sister loved Full House, and a certain character from this show appeared in Full uh, House. Did they have a crossover? Yeah, they did. They oh, did. classic. The, the TG, TGAF TV universe. Uh. We all live in the same country. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I mean, Full House was set in San Francisco, and this show was set in Boston. Chicago. 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 Yeah. Chicago. Um, Sorry, we watched a lot of Boston stuff yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. You want to talk about the background of the show? How it was made? Yeah. All right. So, Family Matters, created by William Bickley and Michael Warren, was a spinoff of the 1986 ABC sitcom Perfect Strangers. Oh. Did you I, know that? No. Have you ever seen Perfect Strangers? No. Neither have I. <laughs> it's the show with, there's a character named Balky. He's like this foreign cousin of the main character, and they get into wacky adventures. Okay. Well, how did it spin off? So, the main characters of Perfect Strangers worked at a newspaper, and they would go in, uh, uh, and the elevator woman, the elevator operator at the building they worked at, was played by the, the the woman who plays Harriet Winslow, the same actress. Who oh. she plays Harriet Winslow, the elevator operator at the newspaper building. Okay. So So the elevator operator got her own show. Yes. I and I can I can shed some light on that. So ABC and the producers love the character Harriet for her great morale and quick witted humor. And I you know, I can see that. Like watching the first episode, that lady. Oh yeah, she's, she's sa- quick. She, she's sassy. <laughs> um and they decided to create a show that would focus on her and her family. So she's the main character? She's the, I guess so. She started out, it was like she's the jumping off point. That's weird. So these- and not, not weird. I was just like, when I think about Family Matters, she is not the main character. <laughs> she might have, you know, the actress who played Harriet may have some feelings about that. <laughs> um, oh no, it's an Aunt Viv yeah. situation. So um, these plans were in place. So in January 1989, uh, in a uh, Perfect Strangers episode called Crime Busters, uh, the show introduced Harriet's husband, Carl, a Chicago mm-hmm. police officer played by Reginald Vell Johnson. So that's okay. where Carl – so Carl Winslow also debuted in Perfect Strangers okay. before they made – that was the backdoor pilot. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the 1989 fall season, ABC debuted the TGIF block on its Friday night primetime mm-hmm. sl- time slot. Uh, TGIF is like – yeah. People have many, many nostalgic memories of TGI. Oh, I thought you were going to say what it stand for, stood for. It's like, Thank realized, God it's Friday. You realize that was my era, right? But yeah, it was, it was like Full House, Family Matters, um, and the other two shows in the block were... So it was actually, like I said, Perfect Strangers, right? The mm-hmm. show that spawned Family Matters. Family Matters, Full House, Just the Ten of Us. That was the block. Okay. And, just, and just the Ten of Us is a spinoff of what show? Growing Pains. Growing Pains. Your 1985 show. I did know that, actually, because we were talking yeah. about... <laughs> I'm just saying, we we got all the bases covered, because Full House Man. is one of my... Uh, when Whatever year that debuted, that was one of my runners-up. Mm-hmm. So Same, I think. No, no, I didn't watch a lot of it, but fun- yeah. It's funny. TGIF somehow, like, 
relates back to me and you, even though I've never seen a single episode of pretty much most of the shows. <laughs> full House, I have seen full episodes. They were of prevalent. They knew what they were doing. They like owned they that did, time. They, they they owned Friday nights. Yeah, they did. I've, I've hear stories about that, and like right. every other network tried to emulate it. You yeah, know? and it wasn't until. Uh, NBC's like Thursday night lineup where like they could find something comparable. That's mm-hmm. when you had Seinfeld, Friends, so on. But that was not Friday night. That was Thursday. Yeah. Night. Thank goodness it's Friday. Don't go out. Stay in. Watch TV. Actually sounds perfect to me. Order a pizza. Order one of those like little self-serve pizzas at, 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 at Pizza Hut. <laughs> right. Grubhub some Fridays from Fridays. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Is TGF still alive? The, the, the restaurant? I don't know. <laughs> Did it survive the retail apocalypse? Su- hmm. I, I, I don't know. Research. <laughs> I bet you if you go out there right now, you'll see a setup table. What do you know? Like a, like a breakaway table set up right outside the restaurant. <laughs> an awning above it. And people, you know, can sit there and eat their TGIF Fridays. Yeah. TGIF Fridays outside mm. because they It'll can't go inside. Die. <laughs> Unlimited breadsticks. Yum. Or unlimited mozzarella no. sticks. Mozzarella, yeah. Breadsticks is that other garden. There you go. <laughs> and that's it. That's how uh, Family Matters came to be. There's a lot more interesting production details that I will get into after we focus on the episode. Okay. But let's Fun. let's talk about the episode that started it all. The pilot. It's called The Mama Who Came to Dinner. I just got war flashbacks of Bernstein Bears. <laughs> <laughs> is I thought this was like a playoff Who's Coming to Dinner. Oh. But it's, I don't know, it's the mama who came to dinner, which is as generic as it gets <laughs> for a pretty generic family sitcom. Mm. So let's let's jump in there. The jump, main, the main characters, the ones who came in from uh, Perfect Strangers, Carl and Harriet, they introduced the show, and the conflict. You know, baby, I've been thinking. Mama doesn't have to come live with us. She can just go live with my brother Frank in New York. I mean, he does have that big apartment, and it's just him living there. I'm a cold Frank. I'm a cold Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Your mama hasn't liked Frank since he took acid. Since he what? Did you catch that? Took acid? Is that what she said? I don't know. Play uh, it again. Since she hasn't liked Frank since Frank... Your mother hasn't liked Frank since he took acid. I have no idea what she's saying. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> but that's so that's the conflict there. Carl and Harriet have agreed to take in Carl's mother, mm-hmm. Mama. To come and live with them. Um, permanently. And, and Carl doesn't want it to happen because he's a soft man. <laughs> when we were rewatching the show, you were like, did you not have this discussion before right? you agreed? Exactly. Like, he's trying to convince Harriet not to let Mama come in. His mom. His mom. But he's using all these different, like, you know... Uh, reasons why or he's trying to come up with alternatives and and i'm like you didn't try to do this like a month ago yeah when the the plan came up when she was looking for a place to live and right? you offered your just what and he's got more like what is it with you your mother's a sweet lady i'm gonna love having her here oh see i get it see you think that the woman who's coming to live with us is the same woman you see when we go visit for thanksgiving well you see baby that's where you're wrong See, that's the holiday mother. That's the one who says, Oh, Harriet, you're looking more beautiful every time I see you. But the real mother, Winslow, is different. Is different. That's such a real... Okay, we're gonna... One second. We're gonna talk about him. But, like, I was thinking, like, that's such a real thing, though, right? Like, because, like, you know my mom. You love my mom. Yeah. You love my dad. I love them, too. 
But there's like I remember like being in in high school and stuff, and my friends going like, "Oh man, I wish I, I wish your parents were my parents. They're so great. They're amazing." And I'm not saying they're not great and amazing, but I am saying you don't live with them. Right. You get the outside polite version of them. I get the dishes need to be washed. Your room isn't clean. Go wash my car. I don't care. I take you where you need to go so you can wash my car since you're not putting gas in it. Version of the parents. Right. That's a valid. Reason why you should have talked about this before, Carl. You need, Carl! <laughs> we need boundaries, Carl. <laughs> or we need, we need boundaries, Harriet. And we were talking about, like, just in this exchange here between Carl and Harriet. And I'll play one more clip. I have, like, there's one... Several. Wo- <laughs> there is one word I can use to describe Carl in his relationship with his wife. Harriet, if we let her in here, she will be running our lives. She'll tell us when to eat, what time to sleep. Oh, my... Harriet, she'll put me on a diet, and I will waste away to nothing. Carl, we're talking about your mother, not a magician. (laughs) She's got him whipped. Like, Carl is a soft man, and his wife wears the pants, right? And knowing now that Harriet was the kind of the breakout character for the show, Mm -hmm. or not not for the show, but like in Family Matters, she's... She's the character they wanted to build a show around, yeah. right? It makes sense that she's the one who wears the pants in the relationship. Yeah. Like, she's the head of the household. Yeah, no, and I, I would think, like, that made, like, they were setting up, or, like, knowing, right? right? Like, I was like, yeah, this is believable, it's fine. But, like, knowing that it's supposed to be, it, the intention was to have uh, her be the breakout character, possibly the main character, we'll get to that. Um, it's setting up the power dynamic immediately so that you understand yeah. you know but even that it's like she's not like being crazy about what i mean she's making fun of her husband's weight fair <laughs> but um yeah i don't know and that like it's also like uh good to see that like like you saying soft but like that carl's like not going to like push through just yeah it's fine and just he's very open it's like you know I was thinking about this. The closer this has gotten, I've gotten more anxiety about it. And maybe we should figure out a way around this. And she's yeah. like, no, it's too late. We've already committed to yeah. this. Stop acting like a child, Carl. <laughs> but that's what he, he just reminds me of. Like when when Harriet like dominates him, for lack of a better word, uh, he he like reduces to a child, right? Like a teenager. Like He's like, fine. He gets whiny. Yeah. <laughs> that's your mama. Harriet, wait a minute. What do I do now? You could open the door. What are my other options? You don't have any. <laughs> open the door. And then he just like pouts, like, uh, fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's so that's Carl and Harriet, and we're introduced to Mama very shortly after that. But any other family members that we want to talk about? Um, they, they have the pretty generic standard nuclear family. You know, I was actually thinking, like, going the family angle, I was actually thinking about how interesting this was as a opening as a pilot Mm -hmm. uh specifically because it's not just oh we're moving in um a parent like you see their household uh and they have three kids but they're also housing um harriet's harriet's sister sister and rachel and her child and that's right i forgot she had a baby yeah (laughs) the whole time (laughs) and and so like i found this like interesting and because it's not just like you know typically first episodes are like 
hey, like this is the people in the dynamic, but it's like, hey, we have a set dynamic and we're going to introduce you to that while also introducing a completely new person into the the already complicated dynamic. um, And all of this has to happen at once. Uh, And I like I think it was. So it's like this show introduces this show introduces like seven leads. Yeah. Like seven cast members, really. Yeah. Yeah. You have Carl Harriet and then the kids. Yeah, Rachel and, and Mama. And everyone gets a good amount, except the like baby and the youngest child, a good amount of screen time so that you see their personalities and stuff. So yeah. like, we can talk through them. Yeah, yeah. I think... Who um, do you want to talk about first? We see, before Mama gets... Let, let's do order of operation, I guess. So we see Carl and... Um, why do I keep... Harriet. Harriet. My brain wants to say Wilma because... Wilma Winslow. Yeah, because <laughs> Winslow comes next. Um, Carl and Harriet, and then before Mama shows up, we see Eddie. Mom, today I'm gonna do your laundry, and after that I'm gonna wash the car and mow the lawn. Who are you, and what have you done with our son? (laughs) Forget about our son, let's keep this one. Okay, Edward, what do you want? Well, there's one small thing. Eddie's back. (laughs) (laughs) Young Eddie, 15-year-old boy. Fifteen-year-old man, yeah, in he, his eyes, <laughs> he is the, like his his conflict in this episode is the exact same conflict of freaking Mike, Mike from in Growing Pains, yeah. yeah, the exact same, yeah. Stop yeah. treating me like I'm a kid. Mur, I need mur, more mur. responsibility. I want to go out with my friends late at night and do a thing. Why don't you trust me, Dad? Luckily, this one doesn't end in child in jail. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean that honestly, like. We said Growing Pains was bold for that decision. Like mm-hmm. this show doesn't get that bold. Like not in the first. Yeah, it, it's first a very episode. like generic milk toast yeah. resolution to Eddie's story. But that's fair. But also, they weren't going to put a little black boy in jail. In the yeah, first I guess episode. so. But they had no problem with showing him peeping Tom, being a peeping Tom. Eh. That happens at the very end. Like it, it's not even really addressed. It's a joke. That, yeah. That uh, Eddie is. I legit thought he was watching TV in the other room. No, he, I'm sorry. Yeah, he, That's was, was, he was legit using binoculars to peep into someone else's window. Well, maybe he was peeping on them watching Rambo because he really wanted to watch Rambo. Anyway, yeah, Edward. Speak, speaking of Rambo, that is what he wants to do. He wants to go out with his friends and watch t- a Rambo marathon past his curfew. Yeah, uh, Tony's having a few people over tonight to watch some TV. Can I go, please? Now you see. There's a catch here, and it's up to us to find it. You're the cop. <laughs> Are Tony's parents going to be there? Of course. Beer? No. Girls? No. How late? Two. Bingo! Book them, Dano! <laughs> Who's Dano? One of the two genuine laughs I got from watching this. Actually, both of them involved uh, Eddie. Eddie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Book them, Dano. Coming from uh, Hawaii Five O, which was whatever year that came out, that would be my dad's freaking show. My dad loves that that show. Uh, but yeah, so um, Eddie shows up and he wants to do all be the most helpful son ever for a price, <laughs> right? And uh, we get one more joke out of that. <laughs> yeah, like oh, this this one I laughed at. I was like, mm, yeah. Dad, is there anything else you want me to do before I go to the party? Edward, you're not going to the party. You mean to tell me I was nice for nothing? I'll tell you, that's the last time I do anything around this house. Here, take this with you. Yes, Mom. <laughs> Har- yes, Har- Mom. Harriet's got him whipped, too. Uh, I would not say no to Harriet. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Any other? What are the kids you want to talk about? Or, or, um, I guess our order of operations. Who's next? Uh, Mama. Mama shows up next. Hi, Mama. 
dance, my baby boy. Oh, you get more beautiful every time I see you. Which is exactly what Carl said she was going to say. Carl, you're putting on weight. He is putting on a bit of weight. <laughs> you don't know that. What did he look like uh, when he premiered in? Die Hard. <laughs> Die Hard came after this. No, it didn't. It was before this. Die Hard came out 1988, yeah. Really? I think so, yeah. 87, 88. I did not know that. Yep. <laughs> Carl Winslow, he he always plays a black cop. Okay, well then, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that's next? That's that. Um, then we have the... Ooh, I guess technically we met the other children first because they were with the baby. But we'll talk about Laura because... I got them both. Yeah. Laura and Judy are the two little girls. Yeah. Let me hold him. No, Aunt Rachel said I could take care of little Richie. I want to hold him. You can hold him when you get older. When I get older, he won't be a baby anymore. <laughs> hey, stuff happens. I love little Judy's accent there. Like, she she sounded so, I don't know. He won't be a He won't baby. be a baby no more. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that is Laura the older, Laura the eldest, and Judy the, the youngest. Um, Judy. Well, okay. Laura's not the oldest. Oldest girl. Yes. It, in the line of children, it's Eddie, Laura, Judy. Right. Um, interestingly, Judy was portrayed in this episode by Valerie Jones. And then f- any episode past that, she's played by a different actress named <laughs> Jamie Foxworth. Okay. So they replaced Judy right away. Right away. So we don't get any more, any more great accents from little Judy. <laughs> Yeah, so we meet them, and they are taking care of little Richie, a thing that you should not call your child. And Maybe she's a fan of little Richard. I, I mean, yeah. Why? Not why being a fan. I don't know. <laughs> Just calling your kid a little, like, little Michael. Like, <laughs> it's weird. It was, it was okay at the time. That's fair. I just weird to me. It's just weird to me. That's a personal thing. Anyway, so they're watching the small child who has no lines. The kid doesn't even cry. Good job, baby. <laughs> and um, then the child's mother arrives with Mama because she picked Mama up from the airport. This is true. I'm going to assume that she was the one. What is, what is her name? Rachel. Rachel. I'm going to assume Rachel picked up Mama from the airport because the other two adults were working. Uh, because otherwise, I'd be like, you're sending my daughter's in-law sister, my daughter-in-law's sister to pick me up. Where are you, my child? That's true. That's true. <laughs> this, wo- this woman that I'm not even really related to. Yeah, I mean, me we're all going to live in the same house. We family. But and, we, but, but that's, a, that's the thing. Like, Harry and Carl, they work. What does Rachel do for a living? She is a writer. When am I going to see the next chapter of your novel? I'm dying to know what happens. So am I. I just can't figure out who Chastity should fall in love with. I thought she was going to marry Thomas. She was, but I killed him off in chapter six. Well, you're the writer. Bring him back to life. I can't. He was eaten by a shark. It's hard to bounce back from that. Look, I know you're the creative one in the family, but I've got to tell you, the The shark part is stinking up your book. And that's not the that, that's a repeated joke. <laughs> I would hope that they repeat that joke like throughout so, the series, yeah, yeah. Or at least this first season. That's so much fun. And that, I, that is that, I can I can identify with that. Same. I was just thinking it was like, "Oh, I definitely relate to that." Um, that just like, "Oh, what is he your next thing?" I was like, "Nope, it's not done yet. I'm trying to figure it out." Well, what about this? Stop giving me tips. I've already done something. 
He's stinking up the book. Which, I mean, the shark plot is sticking up yeah. the book. I mean, I assume she's writing some kind of, like, trashy uh, romance novel. <laughs> what makes it trashy, sir? I don't know. It, just, it seems like, you know, she's going to, you know, some, like, some book is going to be on the store shelf with, like, a Fabio on the front. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Thomas eaten by a shark. Thomas eaten by a shark. <laughs> shark romance. I've got a great new idea for the next chapter of my book. Tell me what you think. Chastity falls back in love with Thomas. She can't fall in love with Thomas. He was eaten by a shark. <laughs> well, Chastity thought he was, but it was someone else. It had to be him. When the shark swam away, Chastity was still holding his hand with the diamond pinky ring. <laughs> what, she never heard a poetic license? Look, Aunt Rachel, I know you're the creative one in the family, but I've got to tell you, the shark part is sneaking up your book. <laughs> uh, also, a, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, her 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 niece knew that there was a shark part, but her sister didn't. Always show the younger generations. Never show your sisters. Mm. Um, but that's really that that's that's the core cast. Yeah. Um, and really like the. Rachel and, and the two daughters really don't have that much left to do in the this episode. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, they're set dressing. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, they get this joke about a shark um, and, and all that. But the real, like, core conflict of the episode is between Carl, Mama, and to a lesser extent, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. And it all comes to head at dinner. Where everybody is dressed nicely. We should start dressing for dinner. I don't want to. I haven't I haven't dressed all day. I've been in my sleep clothes all day. Change your clothes. We're going to have dinner. Put on a suit. We're going to have pizza in the couch. We're going to watch TGIF. Yeah. Anything about dinner you want to talk about? Oh, um, yeah. So sorry. I derailed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, before dinner, I almost said Theo. That's a different show. Before <laughs> dinner, Eddie confides in Mama about... Um, his parents not letting him go to the movie. And so she says, that's fine. I'll convince it. Like, she, this is... Go ahead. The, like, that's the, the thing where I was just like, ooh, no. Before you move into my house, we need to talk about boundaries because I'm raising my kids. You don't get to try to go around and teach my children to lie to me <laughs> or try to manipulate me. No, 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 right. no. And, like, Grandma sees, um, like, Eddie's perspective. Like, he says, we're just going to watch a Rambo marathon, and I can't. I have to be home by 10. And Rambo like, doesn't even blow anything up until 10.30. That's it. <laughs> so we get that good joke in there. But Mama really is just, like, she comes up with a plan to conspire with Eddie to get him to go to the party at dinner time. Yeah. And uh, it, it becomes this, like, I have this clip here. You shouldn't be going to wild parties where there may be, you know, drinking, carousing, and who knows what all. Mama, there's not going to be any of that. It's uh, just a bunch of kids sitting around watching TV until real late. Watching TV? Mm-hmm. That's it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only reason Dad won't let me go is because my curfew is at 10. 10? <laughs> you got to be kidding. Oh, Carl, it's almost the 90s. Lighten up. Mm-hmm. And again, they've already had a conversation, Eddie and Grandma, about, yeah. about this very subject. So they're putting on a show for Carl. Yeah. Trying yeah. to guilt him or pressure Ugh. him. I think... Call into question his parenting. Yeah. And honestly, this is why I really like the relationship between um, Carl and Harriet. Because like, as much as we're like... Uh, as much as Harriet seems to be the more domineering one, it's clear that they're partners. Yeah. Right? Where like... 
uh what you want something well let's figure it out like okay no that's your curfew we're not doing that and at every other point like they have conversations away from other people to discuss stuff like carl's like oh i'm feeling like this this and this and you know like harry is uh, like having those conversations but not like invite like they are a partnership and a team which i feel like works very well which is also why when mama comes up like she's coming she's not going up against her son she's going up against a united force true so i'm just like yeah yeah that's pretty cool the plan doesn't work like yeah carl like when he needs to he puts his foot down Mm -hmm. eddie you go to that party and have a good time. Why, in France, 15-year-old boys I don't support stay out that, as mama. late as they like. <laughs> well, Mother, when he's in France, he can stay out all night long. But in this country, the boy's curfew is still 10 o'clock. And that's final. It's not fair. I'm 15 years old and you treat me like I'm a kid. Edward. I'll talk with him. Give a man a badge. <laughs> I'm laughing, Mama. She's... She's clearly overstepping her boundaries. She is, but just just the image of her give a man a badge. Oh, but man. I tell you what, I'd be mad too. Like if if my mother like at dinner insisted that my son um, disobey the rules that I set, I would be so mad. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd be yeah, like, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, the thing, like even in that scene, because I would be like, there are two things to handle right here. Because like, did my child just stand up at the dinner table? yell at me and storm off that is an issue one of us needs to deal with right now and the other issue is this interloper right (laughs) and that's like okay you take care of that i'm gonna take care of this like for real no and And this is day one this is day (laughs) of mama being here yep and I don't, that doesn't persist. Like, that's not a thing that happens throughout the whole, the series. Or Does does Mama continue to live there even into, like, the later seasons? Yes. She's always there? Yes. Okay. Once you invite your parent to live <laughs> into your home, they don't leave. True. I, I was, and, and so in, that's the thing, by this point we've, we've got, like, you know, 18 minutes of our 22 minute episode gone already, so we gotta, we gotta rush to the finish. Yeah. <laughs> We gotta, How are we going to solve all the many problems? Too? It's like, and it's actually not all that hard. It takes one heartfelt speech with Mama mm-hmm. and one heartfelt speech with uh, with Eddie. Yeah, the main character does both of those, right? Yep, Carl. So he goes. He goes. <laughs> oh, Carl's the main character. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Yeah, Carl. Carl takes care of it. Harriet. Yeah, does, does not. She 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 does something. She gives him the confidence to do it. Yeah. But if it's gonna work, Ma, we've all got to make some adjustments. Like what? Well, first of all, Harriet and I have got to be able to run our own house. You've got to retire from being in charge. Got that soft piano. You can be an advisor. I'm a little old to make a career change, but I can try. (laughs) I feel like this is just too saccharine for me. Like, mm. I'm like, it's just like, it's too easy. Oh, yeah. It would never go down like that. (laughs) Yeah, this talk is too easy. (laughs) Everyone is so agreeable so quickly. Um, and it's, you know, they, they hug at the end, they hug it out. We got three minutes to finish this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Fix it. But mama does try to change Carl's mind just a little bit at the end here. Mm -hmm. And you know, it would help if you told Edward that you were out of line about his curfew. Oh, I wasn't out of line about that. Now speaking as your advisor. (laughs) If Eddie is to learn responsibility, you've got to trust him. Maybe you're right, Mom. I'll go talk to Edward. I love you, Mom. I love you too, dog. <laughs> My baby. As long as Eddie doesn't go to prison. 
yeah. that night. We, we'll all be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing. Oh, goodness. Could you imagine? Eddie, I, there, there's pos- probably, I can't remember, but there has to be an episode where one of the kids are doing something, end up in jail, and their cop dad has mm. to come and get them. That sounds like it, yeah. That, that sounds like an episode that writes itself, to be honest, with this premise. Mm. But Carl, he he listens to Mama's advice, talks to Eddie, says he can go to the party. Eddie's pretty happy. Yeah, I think he got like an extended, uh, specific a special extension for this party to stay out till two, and his curfew got moved back to like eleven for regular times or something like that. I mean, yeah. So. Eddie still is still a win for Eddie. I would not have at all. I would have waited a week and then done it because you yelled at me at a table right. for and then stormed off after dinner after t- trying to manipulate me. Right. You know what? He he's he's his new curfew is nine thirty. Not only Don't mess with me. Not kids. only that, having having not having been told not to go to the party, he went upstairs and proceeded to peep into his neighbor's window. <laughs> he yeah, that's fair. Eddie's a bad boy. That's fair. But I will say he moved up to that room. He like gave his room up to mama. So it's not like it's a thing that it seems like he just discovered, not mm. a thing that he did all the time. Yeah. That's and not, then not Carl, an excuse. And then Carl Winslow took the binoculars. Yeah, because he <laughs> He like looked out and he's like, oh, uh, OK, I'll take these. I need these on my next stakeout. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, these can't stay up here. And that's it. That's the end of episode one of Family Matters. Yeah. Was it good? <laughs> I enjoyed it. I laughed more than I have while watching through the first season of that other show that we're watching together right now. Oh, let's skip to a, season two. A, a different world. <laughs> it, 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 I think. Oh, yeah. It's a. Be- I don't know. I'd like the first episode of a different world better than this. To be honest. Mm, okay. Here's the thing. We're gonna go ahead and compare Eddie to Dwayne Wayne. <laughs> Dwayne Wayne's more interesting. Eddie's just That's so fair. generic. That's fair. I mean, he's right. just a white um, uh, Kurt Cameron. He's Eddie is a white Kurt Cameron. Yeah. Eddie is a white Kurt Cameron? Yes. Eddie. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean. Eddie is a black Kurt Cameron from Growing Pains. Yeah. Just for this first first episode. Yeah. No, I totally get yeah, mm, Growing Pains. Dagnabbit. We're seeing so many shows. A Different World does have a better pilot. First episode. Yeah, season, we, we have since talked talking about it for our 1987 TV episode. We've been watching more of A Different World. Season, season one is so rough. Yeah, we're like, try, I'm are- <laughs> trying to push through it. I'm trying to like skip to season two, but he won't let me. Um, but the first season, I think we talked about it in our thing. It was written by somebody Someone else, yeah. who and- like wrote primarily like high school stuff. And yeah. it feels very high school in yeah. a college setting. And it's like off tonally. But so and, and so I think like honestly like the same issues apply to uh, family matters. Uh, not not that it's like written from a high school perspective, <clears> but it's just so it's just so basic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little generic. Yeah, there's like nothing interesting about the dynamic of these characters other than that like mo- the cast is mostly charismatic. Like yeah. they all seem like fine people. Like, yeah. Mr. Dell Johnson is like, you know, very likable. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it all that. But that's the thing like if this show had stayed this show, it wouldn't have. No, it would have been. Yeah, yeah. It would have been done and gone in a season. But the show that it turned into. Yeah. So let, let me transition into that. So, just like a different world, this show very quickly became something very different. Um. So we didn't even talk about him. So the one character that people think of from Family Matters is not in this show. And who is that? 
Steve or Cal? Did I do that? Oh my gosh, he sounds so young. <laughs> He's so young. So Steve Urkel, the star of the show in <laughs> retrospect, is not in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Is he in the second episode? No. Is he in the third episode? No. He's not here until... Uh, fourth episode, kind of. <laughs> so here's the... I got, I got it all laid out. Here's what happened. So the show premiered, first few episode airs, reviews were not... We're, we're like lukewarm. Maybe it's because they got rid of the actress for Judy. They should have kept her. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Young Judy Winslow could have could have saved the show. I don't know. But yeah, early reviews were lukewarm. Um, I have a, a quote here from the Chicago Tribune. It said, quote, though inoffensive, this is a this is as standard as sitcom gets. Mm. Right? And I'm like, I don't I don't disagree. It is, yeah. it is so standard. It is bo- like not boring, but it's like in in the like you know the 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 world of television, right? Mm-hmm. You need a standout show. You need to break in those ratings because yeah, if yeah. they're not, the network's going to cut you. Sure, right? So fortunes changed in the twelfth episode, titled Laura Laura's first date, um, and that episode saw the debut of the Winslow's nerdy neighbor, a little character named Steve Urkel. And here's his, I have a clip of his first appearance. Hi, Laura. <laughs> He's so so precious. Oh my gosh, she sounds so tiny. So you want to go with me? Well, take a hike, Urkel. She'd rather eat worms. Okay, some other time then. Aww. He's disappointed in Tiny. Oh. Yeah, and no, honestly, with that, like, just listening to that, watching the first episode, I'm like, I feel bad for you, Urkel. Go get him. He's, he gets <laughs> he's annoying. The, he's, the, he's, the, he's the baby face of, of the show. You, know? you want to root for him. You know, he's been beaten down. Life is not kind to Steve Urkel. Uh, Laura won't go, to him with the, go, won't go with him to the dance. Nobody will go with him to the yeah. dance. So that's Steve Urkel. And he was literally just supposed to be a side character. In mm-hmm. fact, I think they wrote this episode and it was supposed to be like a one-off. Mm-hmm. Like they were not going to bring Steve Urkel back. But for whatever reason, Steve Urkel became very popular uh, for his like oddball like antics and honestly like Jalil White just owned the role yeah and I think the show would like anyone else in Steve Urkel's role probably wouldn't have made it but the fact that it's just him and he's like so cute but nerdy and funny like mm-hmm. everyone loves Urkel yeah so I have I have uh, production notes here it says prior to Steve Urkel's introduction the show was on the brink of cancellation Ooh. due to mediocre ratings episode four in, but the addition to Steve immediately helped the show boost the ratings. Apparently, that mm. episode and subsequent episodes that featured Steve Urkel just like shot ratings up to the roof. Wow. People love Urkel. Okay. So, with that said, after Urkel was introduced, several scripts had to be hastily rewritten to mm-hmm. accommodate the character. While several first season episodes that had been completed before... like they shoots. They yes, they squeezed in additional scenes that featured the Winslows like confronting Urkel, like either like you know he comes to the door and they shut the door on mm-hmm. him, or he'll do something right. And then basically, and I remember I talked about it like the fourth episode, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's because in all subsequent airings of the show mm-hmm. in syndication, the fourth episode is the official first debut of Steve Urkel. Mm-hmm. He's not he in the first broadcast. He wasn't in that episode, huh. but. Any version of the show you watch now, he's in the fourth episode now. That they, they just like they just plugged him, him in. in. Okay, yeah, he just like walks in the door. Hey, Carl, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like okay, who's this? It's Urkel because we all know who Urkel is. Um, what child 
calls a grown man by their first name. Carlton, you know? It's no. Steve Urkel. No. I just, like, right now, like, you saying, hey, Carl. It's like, he did call him that and not Mr. Winslow. This child needed to be smacked. <laughs> I mean, that is not how you are raised. Like, Carl wanted to smack Urkel Yes, a lot, it right? was very he... much a Dennis the Menace yeah. relationship. So, yeah, it's like... If if you're watching this show now, like in streaming, like you're none the wiser. You just assume mm. that yeah, 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 Steve Urkel's not in the first episode, but he shows up in the fourth. Like he's he was there from the beginning. No. no. He wasn't there until what did I say? Episode 12? But Yeah, tw- episode 12. So 12 episodes went by before we even saw Urkel. Ah. Uh, I mean, but yo. the producers, they saw the like they saw magic. They saw the ratings win of Steve Urkel and they leaned into it. Yeah. Um, and by the beginning of season two, Jalil White was added to the main cast and the rest is history. They say, oh, wow. I mean, that's pretty cool for, um, a, uh, a production company to just add a whole paycheck to, um, a show when, you know, they have a fixed budget. That's true. But unless they made some cuts. Oh, they, they did. <laughs> okay. So we bring this up, um, <laughs> because in so again, this, this is not the uh, basically from like season two onward. This was the Steve Urkel show, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> the main character, yeah, um, not Harriet. No, ever. <laughs> no. Um, in fact, I, I have I have a quote from a uh, uh, Joe Marie Payton who played Harriet had said that she started experiencing burnout over the course of the show, and she felt that the overbearing focus of Urkel had made the show jump the shark. Mm, in what season? Uh, this was late in the series, Got so it. like she had she had been there to like you know like season eight or so, but she also didn't like Urkel because yeah. she said the character, not necessarily the. I'm asking, like, yeah, did, yeah, did I don't the, think the cast did, have issues. No, I don't think so, but yeah. I think she just felt that like the show <clears throat> moved from like the family focus to just like Urkel and his weird yeah. antics. It's like what matters, family, family matters. No, 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 Urkel, Urkel matters. matters. <laughs> <laughs> um, but another change to the show happened in season four. And uh, we have a little song to to help us um, introduce that. Judy Winslow, Judy Winslow, youngest girl on Family Matters. Judy Winslow, Judy Winslow, when I think of you, I'm sadder. You were a young and spunky presence on the show for just four seasons. But then they cut your character to make more room for Steven. They sent you to your room and that is where your story ends Cause for the five remaining seasons they never spoke your <laughs> name again Judy Winslow, Judy. will I get low? I would take your place, my friend Cause I'd love to go to my room and not have to leave again That is that is the Judy Winslow song by It's Keys, TikTok user It's Keys <laughs> <laughs> you showed me that and we're like, we need to talk about you. Yeah, Winslow. it was actually before we, uh, we had just finished, um, 88 TV and stuff. And we were, um, getting prepared to do all of the stuff that we do in preparation for 89. And I was on TikTok and this popped up and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, we didn't even Next know. Next year, I was like, we're going to be doing the recording for this soon. And I was like, look at this. And he was like, what? Immediately did some research. Yeah, so Judy Winslow was written out of the show in season four. The combination of the character having little to do and budget cuts caused producers to eliminate her role. She disappeared after the episode Mama's Wedding. Did Mama get married? Uh, Grandmama, yeah. Okay. Well, I think go. she got married. I can't remember. 
um, where Judy was last seen walking down the aisle as the flower girl. And for the rest of the series, the cast of the show acted as if she never existed, and Harriet and Carl acted as if they only had two children. <laughs> like, that's, that's bold. Oh, man. I'd be like, uh, that's really interesting because it's just like, hey, hey, Carl, you're a cop. <laughs> Where's your other kid, Carl? Carl, where's your other kid? Why did they just kill her off? Like, oh, that would have been like, sad. I feel like that that would have at least been interesting. Like, yeah. it's just like they just pretend that she never exists. She's like, what? No fever dream. <laughs> hey, hey, didn't we have another kid? You know, like what? <laughs> Jeez. Um, and so that's not the only departure in season four. Telma Hopkins, who played Rachel, also left the show that season mm. as she was getting started on another sitcom called Getting By. Mm. Never watched Getting By. Neither have I. Um, and then after Getting By was canceled, Hopkins returned to Family Matters. That so makes sense. Rachel got to come back, <laughs> not Judy. Yeah, Hopkins came back in season six and made one final guest appearance in season nine. Mm. Uh, Judy did not get that luxury. No. But I had heard that like they were riding a season ten as mm-hmm. like a, an official finale, and if they had finished that season, they would have brought Judy and Rachel back together and just said that Judy was living with Rachel. In Detroit. <laughs> like, that's where she's been. We fixed it. We never talked about it. Right. They would have got a third Judy. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Family Matters experienced some production problems uh, in 1997. In 95, ABC, their network, was bought by Disney, prompting mm-hmm. the Family Matters produce, uh, production company to seek a deal with CBS in 1997. They didn't want to go under the Disney award. Yeah, they felt that, like, they weren't... A priority for Disney. Mm. Disney was doing its own thing. Like, and, and by that point, ratings had like ratings were starting to decline. You know, like mm-hmm. it was moderate, moderate success, but it wasn't like what it was yeah. before. So they were like, "Let's talk to CBS. Let's let's make the jump." Season nine aired as part of CBS's new Friday lineup, the CBS Block Party, <laughs> and it did okay. <laughs> it did okay. It was uh, the show was syndicated, right or no? Yeah, yeah I think okay. so. There's, there's over a hundred episodes. So yeah, like you, you can watch this on your local, your your lo- local network station, Channel Nine or whatever. Your local Channel Three. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, after season nine, uh, and it's kind of like poor performance for CBS. Um, the the tenth season was canceled. Family Matters was officially canceled in 1998, uh, before season nine had even finished airing all of its episodes. Oh wow! And they just burned off all the remaining episodes in the summertime. Wow. Yeah. So kind of a anticlimactic end for family matters that sucks but mm. but like we we were like we jumped ahead a little bit just to see what the like after we finished the pilot we were like what does the show look like with steve urkel and stuff like that specifically you were trying to see if there's a different if they updated the theme song which they did by cutting the theme song yeah the theme song was just thrown to the wayside yeah just two seasons of theme song but then we saw some urkel yeah and like I was blown away, Joey. We watched like an episode from like season six or something. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what is this? And they're like, previously on Family Matters. And he's built a cloning machine. He's cloned himself. Yep. And the clone is like a fresh, like no, no, suave no. man. No, 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 sir. He cloned himself. The world cannot handle two Urkels. So he put one of the Urkels into n- not a clone machine, a machine he already has that changes his entire personality to become Stefan Urkel. He's Stephen Urkel as a geek, and Stefan Urkel is the really smooth, hot guy that Laura really wants to get with. And How like, do you not know this lore? <laughs> Jump the shark is in the truest sense of the word. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, he... he <laughs> what is this? 
And uh, I don't, I don't know. It's um, it it is very. I don't know. Like it gets a little bit weird science. <laughs> yeah, but I guess that that's what worked. Yeah, people it worked. loved people loved Urkel, and they were like, yeah, let's 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 keep giving him more weird right. spurred things to do. All right, so the legacy of Family Matters. Mm. Um, Family Matters enjoyed strong ratings for most of its run after season one, as it consistently ranked in the top 50 programs of the night. It also helped contribute to TGIF's year-long domination, years-long domination of the Friday night time slot. Mm. Having run for nine seasons, Family Matters became the second longest-running non-animated U.S. sitcom with a predominantly black African-American cast. Behind only the Jeffersons, which ran eleven seasons. Oh wow! Yeah, I think Tyler Perry's House of Pain is has beat that. It's 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 close, mm. if not already. Like it will overtake uh, Family Matters soon. Um, that has been going on for a while. Yeah, <laughs> Family Matters was nominated for an Emmy Award for Outstanding Individual Achievement in Special Effects. Okay, in 1996, probably with the cloning. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Jalil White has won several awards for the role as Urkel, including two NAACP Image Awards and a Young Artist Award. Well oh, deserved. Good job. Jalil White. Golf clap. Jalil White has guest starred as Urkel in Full House, <laughs> Step by Step, <laughs> Scooby Doo, and Guess Who? Oh, gosh. And has been in talks to appear in the Fuller House re- oh. re- reboot series. Yeah. They brought him up. I guess in a in a recent episode of Fuller House, they just brought they up. They just said, "Oh, you remember that guy, yeah. Steve?" Yeah, they, they mentioned Steve Urkel, and they've been talking to Jill White to come back. So <laughs> you might be seeing Steve Urkel return as a grown man. Oh wow! Maybe he's married to Laura. I don't know. Mm. I think didn't they get married, or they were gonna get married? You know, I all these things run together. My brain is like, did they get married? Did Joni and Chachi get married? Did like like oh, all the like oh we're neighbors and you've always had a crush like I can never keep those. I feel like all the answers are yes. <laughs> if they didn't Except get married, for Roger. if they didn't get married, I think Urkel like proposed to her or something or saying I love you, Laura. It's fair. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Urkel has spawned the, the the character himself. He he himself has spawned a popular dance called the Urkel. Mm-hmm. Um, and merchandise like a pull string doll. Oh, God. And a brand name cereal. Hey, I know what I want for Christmas. Ur- Urkelos? No, a pull string doll. <laughs> I've heard podcasts of people say they had that doll. And Urkel, you pull it, you know, like, do you have any cheese? You know, or, <laughs> or he, he, I remember one story someone told, like, the weirdest thing that the Urkel doll will say is, I love you. Weird, weird, weird. Don't want it. Isn't there, there's an episode of like a Halloween episode where Ur- Urkel doll kills people, isn't there? Like, I, an, like an evil Urkel doll? I didn't watch Halloween episodes. I scaredy cat. <laughs> I yellow bellied. But uh, yeah, so in addition to that, Urkel was ranked number 27 on TV Guide's list of the fa- the 50 greatest TV characters of all time. And he appeared at number 98 on Bravo's 100 greatest TV characters. So Steve Urkel, he's got the dynasty. Good job, Dynasty. <laughs> That's it for, for Family Matters. You recommend it? Yeah, I mean, if you're working on something and you just need noise in the background, yeah. It's not like one of those things that I would like go back yeah. and, and watch, I guess. I don't think I would recommend people like actually in, like really go and watch it. Like, you know, I would say like it's kind of an oddity. Like it's on Hulu. Yeah. Like watch an episode or two, you know, maybe on Shuffle and just be like, That's funny. That's a weird, like, time capsule of the 90s. On shuffle? Are you a maniac? I don't know. Just, do you mean, like, 
No, I mean, like, just pick out an episode at random and just watch it. Don't do that. Why? Don't do that, kids. That's terrifying. Don't do that. Why? Serial killers do that mess. Watch stuff in order or don't watch it at all. No, 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 no. Put it on shuffle. Like, just like, uh, I'm on episode two. Uh, it's episode two ended. Now I'm on episode four of season nine. Now I'm on episode three of season three. Now I'm on episode 12 of season one. No, don't do it. In that case, like, if, if you're going to listen to that, then just don't watch the show. <laughs> it's not worth it to watch it in order. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Look it up, is for nostalgia, I guess. Yeah, go look up Urkel uh, clips on YouTube. <laughs> that's about it. Um, so we're, we're, to close out this segment, um, I was trying to decide what ending song to use. Mm-hmm. And I had a few choices, actually. So the first idea was we're going to end it with the same way that the pilot episode ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... The, I guess because they ran out of like scripts time, they were like, man, we got to fill like two more minutes of, <laughs> of this, of this episode. We didn't have enough script for the 22 minutes. Um, they just had the cast sing. Mm. He's got the whole world in his hands. Yeah. And then it transitions into the, the credits. Yeah. So like, I, I have that. He's got the whole world. You got Carl Winslow, Harriet Winslow, Rachel, the kids, they're all singing this song. And the camera slowly pans out of the house. And then now you got this Louisiana jazz section. (laughs) And then it transitions into like the nightly news theme. (laughs) All that you're saying is that. Seven o'clock news. And I was like, that would be a great ending song. But th- I started thinking about it. I was like, we really, w- we didn't give Urkel his due, uh, right? So I was like, maybe I can find a song that Urkel sang to close the segment out. And I almost went with this one. Gotta turn in your gun. Somehow, like, I'm gonna turn in your knife. <laughs> <laughs> no. I almost went, yeah, with, with Jilla White trying to tell kids to, to not use their guns. I mean, don't use gun your gun control. Kids. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in, instead, I'm gonna finish it up with uh, Do the Urkel. Oh, gosh. His official song. All right. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll introduce that and then we'll, we'll close out. I'm do the earth. So with that said, <laughs> taking Urkel's lead, we're going to hitch up our pants, stick out our pelvis and go into the break. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you on the other side with my show of 1989.
watch Family Matters. Looking good. All week long. Weekdays at 5.30 on 19. I'm coming home to you, baby. Hey, we're back. <laughs> we're rocking out to the theme song of uh, my show from 1989. Want to tell the folks what show that is? It was uh, Dragon Balls. Dragon Ball Z. Z. <laughs> <laughs> Debuting April 26, 1989 on Fuji TV, based on the mega popular manga by Akira Toriyama. Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> you got to say Narrator I like that announcer. Yeah. Um, oh, man. We, so, this is kind of a follow-up from our 1986 TV mm-hmm. episode where we talked about... Dragon Ball. Which was Jess's show. Movie. Yeah. Which was honestly just my show as well. Yeah. Um, I watched Dragon Ball all the way through, and I watched Dragon Ball Z episode. Uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z all the way through. Mm. And uh, I kind of told the story that, like, I was not interested in watching Dragon Ball Z. It was like... Other people in class watched it. My cousins watched it, but it just didn't interest me. Mm-hmm. And then I somehow ended up watching, like someone put it on in class, yeah. like at the end of our fourth grade year, right? They just mm-hmm. put on the VHS tapes and I got sucked in. <laughs> I fought it too. I didn't want to watch it, but I did. Won't. And from there it was like, I like this. I'll watch this. I'll watch all of this. And There's the problem so is much. there are like 900 episodes of this show. <laughs> there are nine seasons and like... On, you're a completionist. Yeah, and on Cartoon Network on Toonami, like they would either play it on Friday nights, mm-hmm. if I remember right, or they would play it like on Saturday like afternoons, right? Mm-hmm. And usually the Saturday afternoons they'd have a block. They play like four episodes in a row, right? But these episodes, they're so they move so slowly. Yeah, like things lots of filler. You 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 can't like you can't get like a meaty like plot development in four episodes of Dragon Ball Z. So yeah. like you watch it on Saturday afternoon, and if you miss a week, you're done. Like <laughs> you can't, you can't go back after that. So like, I, it was always not like, much happens, but enough happens. It was like I, because I, I remember when I got into it, the Majin Buu saga was running, right? Mm-hmm. So I was trying to watch the Majin Buu saga as it was running, and I would just either miss a week. We did something on a Saturday, or yeah, it's just like you just lose interest and you get bits and pieces, and you just can't continue on, right? Ah, uh, a time before the internet, right? <laughs> I'm sure you you watch you watch more Dragon Ball than Dragon Ball. Yeah, Z, though, I've yeah. watched all of Dragon Ball. I've watched like maybe a uh, 25 episodes of uh, Zed. I don't really care for it. <laughs> don't make me watch it. <laughs> no, stop that. No, no, no. <laughs> Love me. I'm your wife. So like, I never. I remember like watching like maybe blocks of episodes, right? Like from like season one, or my friend had taped some stuff. We mm-hmm. would watch taped episodes of Dragon Ball Z early. Yeah. Early Dragon Ball Z. And then I would watch the Majin Buu saga and like I would friends had other friends had DVDs or VHS tapes of like the cell saga and the Android saga. And you would watch these episodes. Um, And it wasn't until I was in college. I was looking, I was on Amazon and I bet you it was one of those recommended things. This is the only time (laughs) Amazon has ever recommended something that led to a sale. (laughs) I don't fall for that stuff, but this one, it was like, Hey, 
do you want to buy all nine seasons of Dragon Ball Z for $45? Yes. I was like, yeah, that's that's like five bucks in a, a season. Yeah. And I was like, that's a steal. So I've got all of them. The whole series on nine VHS or VHS. No, no, no. no, no that, that's sorry. Impo- I'm that, sorry for you who has to edit me spitting into the mic. No, no. I got nine DVD sets, you know, of like I think six or seven discs <laughs> each of the full Dragon Ball series. And I watched them in college. Just yes. Run on through. Right. And I remember I even had days where I would invite invite friends over and we'd all sit and watch a full season together, you know, and it. You have that. That's the way you have to watch if you want to watch OG Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, like, you have to watch a full season's worth of stuff because mm-hmm. there's so much filler and it just takes so long. You know how you can avoid that? How? Read the manga. You can do that too. <laughs> uh, speaking of manga, let me let me get in. Let me let me get into the the making of Dragon Ball Z. If you want the full scope of the Dragon Ball like dynasty, like how it was, how it came to be, how Akira Toriyama got started. Go listen to our 1986 TV episode. We talk about the making of Dragon Ball yeah. first. Um, but let me talk about the interim. So just catch people up. Uh, the Dragon Ball manga by Akira Toriyama debuted in Weekly Shonen Jump in 1984. Um, it was Akira Toriyama was known for doing uh, a comedy manga called Dr. Slump. So he- <laughs> But he wanted to uh, br- do something a little different. He wanted to do an adventure show based on uh, Journey to the West. Mm. And then slowly but surely ended up becoming a martial arts manga because... That's what... He, he liked Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan. And mm-hmm. that was his thing. An anime adaptation debuted on Fuji TV in 1986. We talked about that. That series, which covered the first 194 chapters of the manga, concluded April 19th, 1989. One week before Dragon Ball Z de- debuted. Yeah. <laughs> it was like they did, they wasted no time. Dragon Ball ended right into Dragon Ball Z. They had it ready to go. Yeah. Like, don't worry. I don't know. Do you, you want to, like, maybe give a brief recap of, like, what kind of adventures Son Goku went on in, in Dragon Ball in those in that, that first series? Um. So in that first series, he very quickly um, is a young orphan boy living in the forest and he meets a, another person for the first time who is a girl named Bulma who is looking for Dragon Balls, uh, of which he has one. So they go on an adventure to find all the Dragon Balls so that they can make a wish. Bulma wants a boyfriend. And um, and along the way, they meet lots of different people. They are also trying to fight again. Or there are other people looking for the Dragon Balls. Yep. So they're, they've got some enemies to, uh, like hold off and stuff. And so that's basically what it is. They yeah. do it, there are a lot of fights and there's also a world tournament. Yeah, so Dragon Ball kind of alternates between two different like adventure formats, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like every other they're called sagas. The mm-hmm. the the manga and the anime are broken up into different sagas. Each right, right. saga is really related to who the main antagonist of that saga is. Mm-hmm. So every other saga is Bo- uh, Goku, Bulma, and their friends going on an adventure to collect the Dragon Balls and then to fight an enemy who also wants those Dragon Balls. Right. right? So he fights um, this like little jabroni named uh, <laughs> <laughs> Emperor Pilaf in season one. Pilaf rise. Um, he fights a the Red Ribbon Army, who are uh-huh. like these like Russian yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, army dudes. Mm-hmm. They they live in the snow. 
<laughs> I don't know. They live in the snow. Uh, he fights fortune tellers. He fights uh, the the demon king Piccolo. Yes. Um, and then every other season between those are world tournament sagas, mm-hmm. right? Where he goes to the world martial arts tournament and competes. Mm-hmm. Um, Goku and all of his friends always compete and his friends always lose. And Goku always gets so close and never wins the tournament. Not until. <laughs> I think I think he wins in the, at the very he end. Win, he wins the last one. And that's the last episode of Dragon Ball. And then right. it's Dragon Ball Z and we enter into that world. Right. So by the end of 1988... Um, the manga had gradually transitioned away from the comedy and fantasy present in the early chapters to a more serious action oriented approach to better meet the tastes of his readers. Right. right. Um, and we, we talked about that. Like it starts out like very when slapstick. You, yeah. When you listen to our first when our when we talk about the first episode of Dragon Ball, it's total comedy. Yeah. Um, and goofy. <laughs> but by the end, when he's fighting King Piccolo, Piccolo mm-hmm. straight up murders uh, Krillin, Goku's best friend. Yeah. And Goku goes on a quest for revenge. Yeah. To, to, to thwart him. And get Dragon Balls to wish that man back. Yeah. <laughs> Krillin can always be like, I did it first, Goku. <laughs> Goku's like, I've done it the most. Mm-hmm. Die, I mean. And then the change coincided with the maturation of the main character, Son Goku, mm-hmm. who was reintroduced as a, like, you know, a, a young man. You know, late late teens, early twenties, young man. Yeah, and that was actually I know that we're still doing history, but when we watch it, because I'm also I'm so used to seeing like later versions of Goku, it's like he looks young. Like they like intentionally like he's the same guy and he doesn't like age, but they age him enough. So like that yeah. first episode where I was just like, Oh my gosh, he's a baby. Yeah, that so he he's introduced like you know him in the comics it's the same way. You know him as like a little boy, right? Mm-hmm. And then he goes off on like a little like uh, sabbatical, I guess, like a training mm-hmm. uh, far away. He he trains with uh, Ka- not Kai, Kami, 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 who was a who's God. Yes, <laughs> Kami literally means he's, God. <laughs> in the in the in Dragon Ball Z, he's revealed to just be an alien from another planet who lands and is given godlike powers well. to oversee Earth. <laughs> but anyway, so Welcome he trains he trains with Kami. And when he returns to the very last world tournament of Dragon Ball, he's old. Like, he's mm-hmm. taller. He's, he's like, a, you know, a young man. Yeah, he's like 16, 17, 18 at that yeah, point. Yeah, and then that becomes the basis of Goku throughout the rest of the series. Yeah. He grows into becoming a, a grown man. Toriyama, uh, Toriyama's editor was initially against having Goku grow up, saying it was uncommon to have a protagonist drastically change in manga. However, he gave in when Toriyama threatened that he would not be able to continue the series if the character did not do that. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Flex. Toriyama later stated that he had him grow up as a means to make drawing the fight scenes easier. (laughs) Because I guess drawing a little boy fighting was hard. That makes sense. Which is like a common trend with Toriyama. Like most of the creative changes that he makes is because he doesn't like drawing his <laughs> comics. He likes writing the stories, but he gets really bored of drawing the same characters over and over again. Well, so he just makes things easier for himself. I mean, that makes sense. So by the end of Dragon Ball, uh, Toriyama's editor felt that the anime's ratings were gradually declining because it had the same producer that worked on Toriyama's previous adaptation, Doctor Slump, mm-hmm. um, which was like much more comedy based, right? Had this like cute and funny image. So feeling that they were missing the more serious tone of the newer manga series, that editor asked the studio to change the producer. Ooh. They brought in director Kozo Morishita and writer Takao Koyama, who worked on the Saint Seiya 
You ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. What is is that? A, is it an anime? Uh, or a manga? Saint Seiya? Saint Seiya. That sounds like I'm thinking of a movie. I don't know. An anime. Anyway, it's it's another... It was another production called Saint Seiya. Um, they were impressed with those guys' work, so they brought them in to help reboot Dragon Ball for a new series called Dragon Ball Z, which coincided with Goku growing up. Mm-hmm. The new producer explained that ending the first anime and creating a new one would result in more promotional money, and the result was the start of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, the title was suggested by Toriyama because Z is the last letter of the alphabet, and he wanted to finish the series because he was running out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, famously, like the idea is um, only the first like saga, like now they're collected as the first three seasons of Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. that was going to be the end of the show mm. because it involves Goku going to space, finding intergalactic... like warlords right and then he's done mm-hmm. right but the show was so dang popular that he was like oh, I, I, I guess I gotta come up with more ideas <laughs> so he comes up with you know he's gonna fight robots and then he's gonna fight literal demons yeah and stuff like that wait for Dragon Ball Z you mean yeah for Dragon okay, Ball okay. Z yeah I'm, I'm looking into the future but yeah like he was like alright this is gonna be the last storyline he's gonna go to space and I'll be done <laughs> he was not done GT he's still not done no <laughs> What, can't he just say I'm done? Does he? Ha- is he? Is he with held within a thing, bro? Take a vacation. Well, no. Okay, people would be upset by that because some people still like really hardcore love it. But yeah, um, because Toriyama was writing the manga during production of the anime, Dragon Ball Z added original material not adapted from the manga, inc- uh, including uh, lengthening scenes or adding new ones. Which is why there's so much filler. Yes, fame. Like the most famous uh, example that I like to bring up is that. There was legit an episode, just a full episode devoted to Goku learning to drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, he should learn how to drive. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's how we got Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. That's okay. that's that's really it in the interim. Um, let's talk about the first episode. Uh, in Japan, the title of the episode is Mini Goku as an overprotected boy. I am Gohan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dragon, or sorry, Japanese... Titles for anime are great. They're, yeah. they're all like that. It's just so long, but getting a point across. Yeah, but the uh, the American version, especially in the dub that we watched, is called uh, the New Threat. Oh yeah. Let me let me introduce that with the. Uh... Is this also the year of? Oh yeah. I was like, wait, is this the year we watched um, Kiki's too? What is the with American um, localization just changing everything? Yeah. I Not mean, so much now. To be honest, like it's because American producers think they know better. That's fair. Yeah, that's just the way things go. But so this is how the first episode of Dragon Ball Z is introduced. We get that in English. We get that, yeah, great announcer voice. Five years have passed since Goku and his friends thwarted the evil King Piccolo's plans for global conquest. Thanks to their heroic efforts, the shadow of doom was lifted from the world, and a new day of hope has dawned. For in the years since Piccolo's defeat, it has been a time of rebuilding, healing, prosperity, and peace for the citizens of Earth. But, unknown to them, at this very moment, a new threat to humankind is hurtling through the solar system. And as the mysterious invader makes its final approach to Earth, one thing is certain. The peaceful era the human race has enjoyed for the last five years is about to come crashing to an end. Dun, dun, dun. So he brought up a few things there. He brought up King Piccolo, right? Like I said, like it was 
Goku uh, confronted the Demon King Piccolo, mm-hmm. uh, who murdered his best friend. So Goku went out and fought King Piccolo mm-hmm. and murdered him in return. There's that famous shot <laughs> Everybody of Goku. Dies. Goku jumps into the air and headbutts King Piccolo so much, so hard that he bursts through his chest, Ooh. like in, in, in tummy. I I definitely never saw that. Wait, yes, I have. Yeah, it's the end of Dragon Ball. I have. It's you're coming back. Nope, get it out. But then King Piccolo, <laughs> in his dying breath, like he coughs up an egg, and uh, his like his spirit, yes. his his he he. I definitely remember this. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he basically is able to preserve himself and and become reborn by birthing an egg from his. He just yeah. like coughs up an egg. That egg hatches. And Piccolo Jr. is born. Yeah. It's basically just King Piccolo nice. reborn. <laughs> well, he's not, not nice. nice. No, no, he's not nice. But he's also not the demon king that Goku remembered. Yeah. He's just like this mysterious, like, scary guy that yeah. challenges Goku at the end of Dragon Ball in the world tournament. Yeah. You know, we all know, like, Goku and everybody is suspicious of him because they, they know he is King Piccolo, but he's also not King Piccolo. Mm-hmm. So we, it, it, he's like the anti-hero. <laughs> we don't know if we can trust him. But he's also not doing despicable things like King Piccolo had done. Yeah. So that's that's where Dragon Ball ends. Mm-hmm. And then Drag- uh, Goku, I guess, in the interim has become a family man. Yeah, yes. Because Chi-Chi drags him away from the final um, tournament that he wins. Yeah, we're, we're, we, when we say Chi-Chi, we mean Goku's wife, Chi-Chi. Oh, yes. Hey, Gohan! Uh, Goku, you think you've got enough firewood there? <sighs> Yeah, this should last us a while, don't you think? Uh, you're going to hurt yourself doing that one of these days. Oh, uh, I'm fine. Where's Gohan? Uh, I don't know. But I think you'd better go find him, don't you? You two are supposed to be at Master Roshi's pretty soon. Oh, yeah, that's right. You'd better take the flying Nimbus. You don't want to be late for your reunion. Okay, bye, Gigi! Goku, be careful! Ugh, I'm going to worry myself to death. You wanted this woman. You've <laughs> wanted it since you were you saw him in the episode four. <laughs> yeah, like very early in Dragon Ball, Goku meets this young girl named Chi Chi and promises to marry her. Yep, she she tricks him, or she like insists on it because Goku is like this naive little boy, and he's like, lived- sure, 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 and he doesn't know what marriage yeah, means. He's lived in the woods his whole life, so he has no idea what marriage is. So he when just he- met a woman for the first time. So when he promises Chi Chi that she will marry him, he's like. He doesn't know what he's agreeing to, but he's like, okay. Eventually. And guess what? He he lives, you know, he he hold, he upholds that promise. After she, um, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't go up against Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi is the only person that Goku is actively afraid of. <laughs> That's true. Like, she is, she's a very, like, she's both a doting mother and a nagging wife. <laughs> and fierce. Yeah. She's like they made her a fighting character yeah. in the, some of those fighting games. You can fight as Chi-Chi. No, she fights in she fights in um like two uh definitely the last one, but I think the second to last world tournament. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember. One of the things Oh, is, that's right. Yeah, I do of, remember that. One of the things that. is yeah. like when I beat you, then you'll marry me. That's or, right. Yeah. Okay. I, I, <laughs> that's yeah. that's why like Chi-Chi can't beat him, but also she can because he's definitely not he definitely loses to her. You don't want to watch Dragon Ball Z, but you will rewatch Dragon Ball. Yeah. I'd rewatch Dragon Ball just to remember these things. I love Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball's so good. Anyway, but we're not talking about Dragon yeah, sorry. Ball. So well, Go- sort of are. <laughs> Goku, before this series started, he's married Chi-Chi and they've uh been they've, ra- they've been raising their son. They've had a son. Yeah. What's their <laughs> son's name? She said it earlier. 
Gohan. I want my daddy. I want to go home. Daddy! That's about all we get from Gohan the whole episode. Yeah. He just cries yeah, he the does. whole episode. He's lost in the woods. He's just a whiner. <laughs> yeah. A few facts about Gohan. Um, apparently, Toriyama, his initial plan was to like slowly transition the series away from Goku and towards Gohan. I could see He wanted that. Gohan to be the main character, but uh, he just wasn't a good fit. There's, like a whole, there's a whole arc where Gohan goes to high school and he yeah. plays a superhero. Yeah. I remember, I think those are my favorite memories of yeah. Dragon Ball Z. I think that's still in Z, or is that GT? It's, it's Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that's when he, he meets um, Satan's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Satan. We, he meets Hercules' daughter. Oh. There is a character that's introduced later on in Dragon Ball Z named Mr. Satan. Yeah. But apparently that was not an okay name in America <laughs> at the time. So they changed his name to Hercule. It's Satan. <laughs> in, in modern dubs of the show or like updated mm-hmm. dubs his name is hercule satan <laughs> yep <It's> mr satan <laughs> but yeah so i remember those i like yeah i i can remember like enjoying the okay i'm gonna tell you something you can't judge me okay so uh i my favorite parts of dragon ball z were the gohan saga older gohan not younger gohan who you know younger gohan you say <laughs> I was thinking a little older than this. The Gohan who technically helps defeat Boo? Cell. Cell. Yeah. Not that Gohan. This Gohan um, who's going to high school and doing all these things, running the people, finding his own, like, all of it. I really enjoyed it. But specifically, his, like, friend, his girlfriend, that his eventual uh, wife. Videl? Yes. Videl Satan. Um, she, like... He's being a superhero and he's flying and stuff. And she's just like, how'd you learn how to fly? Like, what is this? He's like, oh, I've been doing it since I was five. You just really have to concentrate. You have to be really good at martial arts. And And I wanted to take karate so bad so that (laughs) I could learn how to center myself and I can fly. I'm not joking. I begged my mother. I begged. (laughs) Oh, to this day, sometimes I'm like, I should just go enjoy. I mean, we're in a pandemic, so I'm not. But I should just be an adult in a class and learn. I mean, she learned how to fly. Yeah, she was a high schooler and I'm in my 30s. I can do it. He, ma- he marries that girl. By the he way. marries that girl. They have a daughter together. Yes, they do. I know this much because this is the part of Dragon Ball that I enjoy. Yeah, so you like the second half of Dragon Ball. Yeah, Z. Z. Yeah. It's, it's not bad. Um, but this episode here... Um, is. It, it's very simple. The plot is very simple. What, mm. what is, what's Goku trying to do Goku's and does he do it? Trying to find his son. What's his son's name? Gohan. Daddy! Daddy! <laughs> you do that every time I say his name. Yes. I'm not saying his name again. This is just like the who's at the door thing. <laughs> okay, so he's trying to find his son. Does he do it? Eventually. Well, so <laughs> but like a lot of other weird stuff happens in the middle of all like, that. Like what? Well, I mean like Gohan. <laughs> I walked right into that. <laughs> loses his hat to a monster or to a to a, a saber tooth thing um but we also see the alien force that uh the narrator told us about oh that's true flying to earth yeah so um the the plot of goku's trying to save his son from the the wilds um is intercut with the introduction of a certain character named raditz 
Raditz. Yeah, Raditz is, uh, spoilers, <laughs> Goku's brother, <gasps> older brother from another planet. Oh, not another mother, though? <laughs> yeah, but so anyway, his, his spaceship crashes on a farmer's property. <laughs> so the farmer, like, grabs his shotgun. <laughs> He's like, oh, why, why me? This farmer grabs his shotgun, goes out to the pit where the spaceship crashed, and confronts Raditz. So the creatures on this planet are still alive. Kakarot has failed us. You're on my property. Is that so? Your power level is puny. <laughs> level five. Don't you come any closer. Look, I'll use this thing. So he shoots Raditz in the face. Mm. Raditz swiftly grabs the bullet out of the air and like flicks it back at the farmer and kills him. Yeah. He doesn't kill him. I thought he did. No, he like go or maybe in the Maybe in the Japanese no, he does. But he, in the American one or the one that we watch, it like shoots past him and hits his truck. Oh, okay. it knocks him down. Yeah, but yeah. he doesn't die. I don't know. He gets shot with a bullet. It'd get no, it went down. past him. Okay. Anyway, so Raditz is clearly introduced as an antagonist. He's mm-hmm, a bad guy, mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. keeps spouting off about a certain man named Kakarot. Yes. And we don't know who Kakarot is at the time. No. Um. Don't know who Kakarot is. <laughs> so where, where does he go? Who does he meet? Uh, he eventually, towards the end of the episode, uh, after flying over the land and seeing all the people in the industry, meets... Papa Piccolo. Papa Piccolo. Excuse me for dropping in. I'm trying to find a man named Kakarot. I thought you were him. Well, you thought wrong. Now turn around and get out of here before I get angry. Someone's having a bad day. Believe me, you have no idea. Now get lost. (laughs) Oh, you'd like that, wouldn't you? Power level 322. I can tell you're not from this planet, but you'd be a fool to attack me with such an insufficient power. (laughs) Now listen to me. You came here. I have no intention of starting a fight. I do. I do. So a few things about that clip. I guess we could talk about this is the first appearance of Piccolo Jr. Mm -hmm. or just Piccolo in Dragon Ball Z. Um, and he becomes a very important character yeah. throughout this series. Yes, he does. We call him Papa Piccolo. And in my heart. Why? Because he's Earth's best dad <laughs> in this universe. So, spoilers for Dragon Ball Z. If you haven't watched it, I apologize. <clears throat> hey, go watch it. You know. Yeah. Um, or there's there's some other alternatives that maybe I'll bring <laughs> up later. But um, Goku dies. Mm. Raditz kills him. Oh yeah, he sa- so Goku sacrifices himself in order to kill Raditz. Right. Um, spo- sorry. <laughs> Big spoiler. Big spoiler. So Gohan is left an uh, you know left an orphan. But he has a mother. He does have a mother. <laughs> He's not an orphan. But so Goku is you know living life without a father. Piccolo Gohan. steps in. <laughs> yeah, Piccolo steps in. He kidnaps Gohan from Chichi to train him in martial arts in the wilderness yep. for like five years. Yeah, he had to hide because if Chichi had found him, there would be no more Piccolo. <laughs> And it creates this, like, very interesting dynamic where Gohan sees Piccolo more as a father figure than Goku. Especially when Goku comes back from the dead, like, okay. Yeah, and then that kind of informs the rest of the series where Gohan has this very interesting relationship with someone who once was Goku's, like, mortal enemy. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. And it's, like... So, So anime. Very anime. And it's, like, I don't remember... And this might just be, like, meme culture and... 
like freaking Tumblr in my head. But <laughs> I, because I didn't really watch a lot of Dragon Ball Z, obviously, and I only really watched it when he, like, Gohan was an adult. And so I, in my head, it's just like, they became ugh, like father and son and Piccolo chilled a lot more he did. He did. and he was able to like, whatever, all the stuff, all the stuff. It but humanized that, him. Yeah, it humanized them. And he was just kind of like, now you're a part of the family. Is that right though? Like, is that That's That's correct? basically what happens, okay. yeah. Because I, again, I haven't like really like, watched Like Piccolo it. becomes one of like Goku's like strongest allies yeah. by the end of the series. Because it's like, fine, you're the father of my circuit child. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then another thing about that clip we just listened to is Raditz uses his scanner. Mm-hmm. His, uh, the famous yeah, he, so this, over 9,000 scanner. Yeah, I, I have that. <laughs> Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? It's over 9,000! What 9,000? Sorry. Wait, is it called a scanner or a scouter? Scouter. Okay. You got it right, yeah. So the, his scouter, and it tells... It tells its user the power level of the creatures that it's looking at, mm-hmm. and um, in some, I've heard arguments that in some way the scouter ruined certain aspects of Dragon Ball Z because it demystified like one skill and it uh, assigns a number to huh. you know one's power ability. Right? It's like once you introduce the scouter and you establish that Piccolo's power level is three hundred something, yeah, whatever it is, you know, and then Goku's is over nine thousand. <laughs> it's like. Goku and Piccolo will never be on the same level again, yeah. right? And you just, like, end up, like, it creates this environment where only certain characters can achieve mm-hmm. a certain level, right? And everyone else is just cast aside, right? Yeah. There's a, there's a character from Dragon Ball who carries over to Dragon Ball Z named Yamcha. Yamcha's a yeah. big loser. He's, he's unfortunately, he's a human. He's not from another planet. Um, he... he <laughs> That's all what makes him a loser because he's human from Earth. <laughs> yeah, and like the scouter establishes that he's got a very low power level, mm-hmm. and Yamcha just like straight up dies. You know, like he doesn't. I, I from what I remember, he doesn't even die. He isn't killed by Piccolo or Vegeta, who is another mm-hmm. alien who comes to 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 Earth. He's killed by one of their like henchmen. Yeah, just a just a, a red coat, red shirt. Yeah, um, so. I can understand that. The scouter probably wasn't the best idea. Yeah. You know, because it, it assigns a number to something that should be left ambiguous. Yeah. But Raditz and Piccolo, they finished their encounter in this way. <laughs> Impressive. You actually managed to send some of my oh, Piccolo attacked Raditz with a blast. Allow me to demonstrate a more effective attack. It's one of my favorites. I call it a double Sunday. What is it in Japanese? Nothing. See if you can follow this one. Uh, Well, I guess it's your lucky day, green man. So Raditz there, he tells Piccolo that he's going to use an attack called a double Sunday to kill him. We looked it up in the Japanese, in, in the subtitle version. He doesn't even name the attack. Yeah, he, he just says, he's I'm going like, to attack or yeah, something. I will hit you with one of my most powerful attacks. And that's it, right? He doesn't name it. I don't know where Double Sunday came <laughs> from. Like, it's that's ridiculous. Uh, thanks, localization. <laughs> but that's a thing now. You can play friggin' Dragon Ball Z Fighters, and I'm sure Raditz uses the Double Sunday <laughs> as an attack. That's really it. Like, the, the, the episode is very chill. Like, other than Raditz going around trying to find someone named Kakarot, Goku mm-hmm. is just trying to save his son, Gohan. Yeah, trying to find his son. Oh! Or stop that. I'm stuck! I can't get down! 
whiny baby Gohan. Oh my gosh. How did you lose your child? You live in the woods. That's the thing. Go- Goku's not a very good father. No. Goku's he's not. He he was Goku is poorly socialized. You have yes. to understand. Like he lived life as an orphan for however many years in the woods. Mm-hmm. Then he went on like these weird grand adventures and trained to be a martial artist. Like he never learned to be a good human being. He yeah. never went to school. He's uneducated. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. have a job. He's not actually a human being. Right. <laughs> Uh yeah, and at at some point don't they get a, have a second son? They do have a second son named Goten. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I only know that because Fusion, huh? Fusion, huh? <laughs> Go tanks. <laughs> uh, Goku does save his son here. I, I got that clip. Daddy, I lost my hat. <sighs> what? Silly. No, you didn't. It's on your head. Now, let's go get you cleaned up. Then you can come with me to meet all my friends at Master Roshi's. <laughs> That's my boy. So, interesting thing about Goku and Gohan in the... So, we're listening to the English version there. Two different voice actors. Um, the woman who played young Goku in Dragon Ball reprised... Not reprised role, excuse me. She was brought in to play Gohan. Yeah. And she's... Same voice. <laughs> same, same voice. She's doing it a little differently, obviously. Like, Goku, Goku, when he was young, was much more confident in himself. Mm-hmm. Gohan's just a whiny baby. Like, uh... Yeah. Um, but in Japan, they're voiced by the same person. Oh, yeah. Um, Masako Nazawa voiced Goku in Dragon Ball as a young boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then, when Dragon Ball Z came around, voiced young Gohan the same way she voiced Goku. Mm-hmm. She also plays a grown-up Goku. Yeah. So I guess she was interviewed and they asked if it was difficult to juggle the two voices. And she said it was not difficult. In fact, she was able to switch roles simply by seeing the character's picture. Huh. So like she can do both these lines like back to back. Yeah. Goku talking to Gohan just by looking at the pictures of those characters while doing it. I have a clip of them talking that this is the Japanese version of that same clip we just listened to. I, I wouldn't really even know, unless you told me, I wouldn't even know that was a woman doing Go, Goku's voice. Hmm. I, I think she did a good job. Yeah. Good for her. Good job, lady. I didn't, uh, what was her name again? Masako Nazawa. Good job, Nazawa-san. <laughs> <laughs> and the... That ends Goku and Gohan's story for that episode. Yeah, like that's they, it. They don't do anything. Nope, not at all. They go on their Nimbus to uh, Roshi's, possibly. We don't see that. They just go on their Nimbus. Yep. And then the episode ends with Raditz spouting off certain things about his backstory. Mm-hmm. Have you forgotten your pride, Kakarot? We are Saiyans, the mightiest warriors in the universe. I can still remember the day that we first sent you to this planet as an infant. We had high hopes for you then, Kakarot. Why have you not carried out your mission? Kakarot! Who is Kakarot? You're asking me? Yeah. Goku! Goku is Kakarot. Kakarot's his Christian name. (laughs) (laughs) While they're playing, while Raditz is, you know, giving that exposition there, they play a clip of young Goku being placed into a spaceship Mm -hmm. and blasting off to Earth. So, spoilers for... You know, the first season of Dragon Ball Z. This whole uh, yeah. episode is just spoilers. Yeah. Goku, the reason he is so strong and the reason he has a monkey tail is because he is an alien. 
Yeah. Another planet. He is from the Saiyan race. They are warrior uh, people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they're like barbarians. They, they're conquerors. They, they travel the universe and conquer planets. So young Goku was sent to Earth to uh, conquer it. But when he was a little baby, he... Bumped his head. He <laughs> fell, bumped his head on a rock, and became a nice young boy. And he was raised by an old man in the woods. <laughs> and so and- Kakarot is his Saiyan name. And uh, the whole first season is Goku confronting members of the Saiyan race as they try to take over Earth. Like, no, sir. Don't come here. So, so the, introduce, the introduction of Raditz and the Saiyan race marks Dragon Ball's drastic shift in tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, many characters who were previously implied to have mystic origins, including Goku and Piccolo, are revealed to, have, are revealed to be aliens from other planets. Okay, you said Piccolo. Yeah. But my brain saw Krillin, and I was like, no, 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 Krillin's not an alien. Krillin's yeah. homegrown. Krillin is a, is a Shaolin, Shaolin monk. monk. Yeah. Um, no, Piccolo's also an alien from a planet yeah. from the planet Namek. Namek. That's why he's a green man. Yes. That's <laughs> uh, why he gives birth by spitting up eggs. Yeah. And so, like, I think that's interesting. They kind of, like, ground the mystic elements of Dragon Ball Mm -hmm. um, to make, I don't, not make it any less fantastical. It's just fantastical in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More More sci-fi. More edgy, bro. (laughs) Um, And that's the end of Dragon Ball Z. That's the 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 episode. episode. Yeah. Uh, We get to find out what happens next time. Who is this mysterious Saiyan warrior that now darkens the skies with his presence? His search for the one named Kakarot has already led him to Piccolo, one of the most powerful fighters on Earth. Could it lead him to Goku as well? The answers to these burning questions will soon be revealed, and Goku will discover the secrets of his past next time on Dragon Ball Z. And by next time, he means like the next like five episodes. <laughs> all those things will not be answered next episode. They never are. Never. Um, never, ever. I would say, like, would you recommend Dragon Ball? Uh, yeah. If you like anime and you like um, fighty shows, definitely. Dragon Ball, it's not a bad show. It's not a bad show. It's a very good show. It's just also... Slow. It's, yeah. I was, gotta, gonna, I was gonna say, like, if you watch this episode, you better be in for the, you know, in for the long haul. Yeah. You know, in for a penny, in for a pound, they Sit say. down for a saga. Don't <laughs> yeah. sit down for an episode. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna sit down for this first episode of Dragon Ball Z and you're like, that's it? <laughs> It's like, it doesn't work that way, folks. No. Um, but where did Dragon Ball Z go from here? Or all how? over the world. It did go all over the world. And how was it received? Everybody loved it. Yeah. Um, Dragon Ball Z's Japanese run was very popular with an average viewer rating of 20.5%. I don't know what that means, but apparently it's strong. <laughs> I um, also don't know what it means. Dragon Ball Z also proved to be a rating success in the United States, outperforming top shows such as Friends and X-Files in some parts of the country during its first season. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the U.S. premiere of season three of Dragon Ball Z in 1999 was the highest rated program ever at the time for Cartoon Network. Dang. Yeah. Get it, cartoons. In Asia, the Dragon Ball Z franchise, including the anime and merchandising, have earned a profit of $3 billion by 1999. Um, and in the United States, the series sold over 25 million DVDs as of January tw- 2012. I bought some of them DVDs. You did buy some of them. Yeah. I'm a co-owner of some of them. Dragon Ball, uh, apparently, like, because Dragon Ball Z premiered, like, in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh-huh. like, people started to measure its relevance using uh, internet searches. Mm-hmm. So they're oh. using internet data to determine how popular Dragon Ball Z was at the time. 
In 2001, it was reported that the official website for Dragon Ball Z recorded 4.7 million hits per day and included 500,000 plus registered fans. Wow. That's very impressive. That is very impressive. Uh, the term Dragon Ball Z ranked fourth in 1999 and second in 2000 on the Lycos search engine. <laughs> Pre-Google. <laughs> Uh, for 2001, Dragon Ball was the most popular search on Lycos, and Dragon Ball Z was the fifth on Yahoo. Whoa, Yahoo. I remember, like, for the longest time, like, early internet, it seemed like when you go to Google and, like, you type in, like, suggested searches, like, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z was always up there. Really? People love to search for Dragon Ball uh, Z, yeah. Or Dragon Ball Z next season or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Dragon Ball F. <laughs> there, there was, like, the, the April Fool's uh, Dragon Ball AF. Um, um, next season past Dragon Ball Z, but it was just like, you know, fake fan art. Dragon Ball Z was listed as the 78th best animated show on IGN's top 100 animated series and was also listed as the 50th greatest animated show on Wizard Magazine's top 100 greatest animated shows list. Oh, lots of accolades. Yeah. And it ranked number six on Wizard's anime magazine, uh, top 50 anime released in the North America. Hmm. Should be higher than that. (laughs) (laughs) In my opinion. I don't know. My unbiased opinion. But you see, Dragon Ball Z wasn't the end. It was only the beginning. It really wasn't. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't even the beginning. It was the middle. It was. (laughs) It was the second coming. All right. So uh, because this is the last Dragon Ball product that we'll be talking about on the show, I need to talk about where it went from here. Okay. Here we go. You ready? Let's go. Crack on my knuckles. Light on my. Akira Toriyama. Brought Dragon Ball to a close June 5th, 1995, with Dragon Ball Z ending its original Japanese run in January 1996. Okay. So, not too far. During its run, Dragon Ball Z also spawned 13 anime films and two feature-length television specials. The, my favorite being uh, The History of Trunks, <laughs> or whatever that was. I don't know. It was like, it was a, it was a side story about the character Trunks mm-hmm. coming from the future. Oh, I yeah. vaguely Famously, remember that. Famously, the American dub of that one licensed Dream Theater music. Oh. Yeah. I was pretty surprised because I like got into Dragon Ball Z after getting into Dream Theater and I was watching this trunk special and I was like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Okay. Wait. Trunks is Bulma's Vegeta's child. Yes. Who is Krillin's and Android 9's kid? They don't have a kid. They have a little baby. Okay. Andrew. Er, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> No, Android 18. 18. Yeah, they have a little baby girl whose name I don't remember. That's fine. After the conclusion of Z, Toei Animation quickly launched production on an anime-only sequel series called Dragon Ball GT, which ran from February 1996, one month after the conclusion of Z, to November 1997. I think I saw the first two episodes of that. Goku then turned into a small child again, which now knowing that he didn't want to draw small kids fighting... Why did that happen? Well, I mean, Toriyama really didn't have too much in Uh, in the say of GT. Um, Like, I've also seen, I think, only the first episode. Like, mm -hmm. little bits and pieces here and there. But, yeah. Goku gets turned back into a child from a wish. Yeah. And uh, he... By Pilaf, I think. I can't remember. But, like, Goku teams up with his granddaughter to go on adventures to find, like, black Dragon Balls. I didn't even know that. I, I, I I did know he went to space. I can't remember. They fight dragons. I remember that. Okay. GT tells an original story conceived by the staff of Toei Animation using the characters and universe from the original Dragon Ball manga and continues the story where Dragon Ball Z had left off. Uh, Toriyama himself referred to GT as a, quote, side story of the original Dragon Ball. So 
for him, it's not even canon. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of like, it's like a what if. It's fan fiction. Yeah, it, it really is. It's official fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like, one of those things that I was just like, oh, man, I feel bad for Chi-Chi because it's like, I loved you. And I wasted, oh, I mean, didn't waste. Spent all of my childhood years chasing you. Then I married you. Then I had a kid with you. Two, and two then kids. No, had a kid with you. And then you died and I had to raise that kid alone. And that kid got abducted and then trained and whatever and then you came back alive that's nice and then we had another kid and you went off to a different planet while i was doing this and then you, and you came died back, you died again and you died again you died several more times whatever then you're back and we're all good and now you get turned into a child and you go off with our grand yeah chi-chi's she, chi-chi's lived a tough life uh, chi-chi get a divorce <laughs> <laughs> justice for chi-chi oh my goodness um in 1996 funimation licensed dragon ball z for north american release having attempted to release the English dub of Dragon Ball a year earlier. And then that dub was canceled halfway through the first season. I think we talked about that. We did talk about that. So with Funimation's new dub for Dragon Ball Z, thinking, you know, obviously Dragon Ball Z is more action-oriented, people will probably want to watch that more Mm -hmm. than Dragon Ball. They used voice actors from Vancouver's Ocean Group, um, and Funimation's, like, new Dragon Ball Z series ran for for two seasons um, in syndication in the U.S. Hmm. The ocean dub, that's where you get the clip. Over 9,000? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the ocean dub. That's not the current crop. Mm-hmm. If you watch that scene with the Funimation team, it's different. Uh-huh. So the ocean dub, as it's called, um, was canceled in 98, uh, despite strong ratings when Funimation's production partners, Saban, the mm-hmm. uh, Power Rangers people, right? Uh, they wanted to scale back their operations. So they were like partnering with Funimation to make it. They pulled out. Funimation was like, all right, I guess we're just going to take everything in-house. Oh, okay. We're going to produce it ourselves. The Ocean Dub quickly began airing on Cartoon Network during the Toonami block. Mm. And due to strong ratings of that, Cartoon Network ordered more episodes. So Funimation decided to produce and dub the remaining episodes of Z in-house, resulting in the Funimation dub we all know today. Got it. The first two seasons, the ones that were done by the Ocean people were finally redubbed by Funimation with the current voice actors in 2005, after they had finished the rest of the series. Right. They're like, we'll go back after. Yeah. It's fine for now. When we have free time. During this period, Funimation also produced English dubs for the original Dragon Ball and all the films and the TV specials. That's so much work. Yeah. Good job, Funimation. I feel bad Funimation. for those voice actors. I hope they got paid. I hope they're I hope getting... they got paid handsomely. Yeah, I hope those people are getting good residuals. Yeah, not just that, but I hope they're still like getting good jobs because voice acting is an art and no offense to celebrities but like there are people who train for this i'm sure most of those voice actors are on cameo so you can probably get like a birthday message from vegeta if you want (laughs) (laughs) in february 2009 toei animation announced that it would begin broadcasting a revised version of dragon ball z as part of the series 20th anniversary that series premiered on fuji tv in japan on april 5th 2009 under the title dragon ball z kai Oh. Or Dragon Ball Kai in Japan, Dragon Ball Z Kai internationally. Okay, that makes sense. Dragon Ball Kai sounds familiar. Yeah, so Dragon Ball Z Kai was remastered for HD, featured updated opening and ending sequences, new music, and a re-recording of all of the vocal tracks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Any filler or damaged frames were removed to more closely follow the anime, resulting in a faster moving story. Wait, to more closely resemble the manga? The manga. Okay. What did I say? Anime. My bad. That's okay. Uh, yeah, so this is what I was trying to get at here. If you're going to watch Dragon Ball Z today and you don't have any nostalgia for the series from the past, just watch Kai. Okay. 100% recommend Kai. All of the 
all of the filler is gone. All of the, you know, it takes five episodes for a fight to happen. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, it, that is not the case with nice. Kai. So much better. So oh, much okay. quicker. I'd probably watch Kai with you then. Yeah, I definitely recommend Kai. In fact, I, I was like. Is that the whole first, I'm sorry. Yeah, the whole series is done in Kai. Nice. Yeah, um, it was it was funny. I back in the day, like when we were all trying to watch Dragon Ball Z as it, w- it was airing, like mm-hmm. it was just took so long. Like yeah. I would joke about. It seemed like every episode is like powering not, up. Yeah, it's like you, you spend the whole episode just powering up. So yeah. I spent way too long putting together a little supercut of what I think is the typical Dragon <laughs> Ball Z episode. I, I spent like an hour and a half editing this together. So I hope you enjoy this. This is what I consider to be the prototypical episode of Dragon Ball pre-Kai. This is the original. This is what it was like to watch Dragon Ball Z back in the day. Late on me. Last time on Dragon Ball Z, Nappa and Vegeta continue their conquest of the planet. And then you get the, the episode title. You get maybe a minute or two of real fighting. Then they stop and talk. Kakarot, what's wrong? I was hoping for a more interesting fight. You'll get one. I promise. And then this. Goku, like, powers up. (laughs) And Vegeta powers up. They threw like four punches and then they just powered up for the whole episode. That's what the original pow- that's what the original Dragon Ball Z was like. Yeah, you're not wrong. Kai is much better. Is that a video or is that just no, I made that. Yeah. That, that was just audio. Okay. I, I made that. Oh man. The Funimation dubbed version of Kai, they actually brought pretty much the whole cast back. So all of the original voices who voiced, you know, Goku, Bulma, Vegeta, all those people came back. To redub the voices for Kai. Right. Uh, I think one of the only people not to return was the woman who played Gohan. Young Gohan. And okay. Young Goku. Kai began airing in North America in 2010. Uh, that show has since aired on Nicktoons, The CW, Vortex, Toonami. It's like <laughs> it, went, it did the world tour. I was like, yeah, it's sh- on the road show. All with varying degrees of censorship because obviously you can't show, uh, you know, decapitation and, and murder on... Uh, on Vortex. I don't know what Nick, Nicktoons. Yeah, Nicktoons, definitely not. By 2018, Kai has covered the entire story of Dragon Ball Z in Japanese and in English. So okay. it's all there for you. Nice. Um, in 2013, the film Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods, which featured heavy involvement by Akira Toriyama, was released. I saw that movie in the theater. Was it good? It was fine. <laughs> um, it was actually like set up to... Um, become the jumping off point for a new manga and an anime sequel series called Dragon Ball Super, which launched in 2015. Oh, yeah. I do remember hearing of Dragon Ball Super. So the overall plot outline was written by Akira Toriyama, 
but he's not doing any of the art or anything. So he's not doing the manga, but he kind of laid out the story for everybody. That's the part he likes. With that said, Super is considered official canon, essentially negating GT. <laughs> so GT is like, it's, it's, all, it's, yeah, it's legit fan fiction that aired on TV in the 90s. As of 2020, the manga is still running, but the anime went on hiatus in 2018. And I'm, I'm 100% certain they will come back to it. But for now, there's no more Super mm. anime. Nice. And <laughs> as a merchandising powerhouse, Dragon Ball Z has spawned everything from toys to tabletop games to wall scrolls to walkie-talkies. Wall scrolls? Walkie-talkies? Uh, yeah. Okay. I looked it up. They exist. You you didn't have a wall scroll growing up? No. I, my, all my cousins and all my friends had wall scrolls. Did you have wall scrolls? I did not have a wall scroll. Then why are you coming and shaming me for my wallless scrolls? <laughs> my scrollless walls? I don't know. You liked anime more than I did. That's fair, but also, I didn't... Did you know anybody who had a wall scroll? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, see? Probably. I mean, yeah. You got an, if, if you if you liked anime in high school, you, you had one friend who oh, had a wall scroll. There was an anime club. There you go. Um, yes. That's not, that's not the... Yeah, 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 yeah. I just spent my money on books, that's why. Yeah. I was like, I got a job to feed my manga habit. There you go. Manga. 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 Uh, there are more Dragon Ball Z video games than I care to count. <laughs> But the popular titles include the Budokai fighting games, the Legacy of Goku RPG series, the Xenoverse RPG series, and the relatively recently released Dragon Ball Fighters. That was a big deal when that came out. It's it looks like you're the video game looks like you're playing the anime. Can they do Dragon Ball in VR? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> There's a, there, I th- they released a Dragon Ball MMO where you like it's like a massively multiplayer mm-hmm. game where you can make your own Saiyan warrior and travel the planet i feel like you're trying to backdoor pl- pilot a video game episode right now that's no secret i've been trying to push <laughs> for a video game episode if you want to see something like that Shh. where we go year by year and look at the video games that most evaded our lives he let will us go know. he will go with the uh wife that will be recast for that season <laughs> oh no <laughs> judy winslow judy winslow and that's all i got for dragon ball z though as i said i recommend kai if you're gonna watch dragon ball for the first time what? You can watch Dragon Ball. Watch Dragon Ball Z Kai. Yes. Or do what you want, but watch our um, our recommendation. Yeah. Unless you have nostalgia for the original series, at that point you can watch the first two seasons of Dragon Ball Z for free on Funimation's website. Mm. I think it's all it's a, I think it's on Crunchyroll probably. Probably. Yeah. Um but that's it. You recommend it? Yeah. Yeah. And with that, closing segment. Who won? Who won? <laughs> Well, I did. Uh, okay, are we basing it off the first episode or are we basing it off the show? So that's what I was sitting here thinking about. I was like, crap, we have to get to this part. And I'm like, are we basing it off the whole show or are we basing it off the you know, first even episode? With the, if we're just doing the first episode, as weak as Dragon Ball Z's first episode is, it's much more beautiful to look at. And there's more artistry in that than in Family Matters. I was more annoyed in the first episode of Dragon Ball Z uh, because... Not screaming child, but mostly like, keep your child. Why don't you know where your kid is, Goku? Uh, like my that. Is gone. I didn't say his name. No, my dad. I think that for for me, if we were saying who won with the episode, Family Matters. But if we're saying who won with the show, Dragon Ball Z, Kai. <laughs> I think Dragon Ball for both. Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z. 
<laughs> I think Dragon Ball. Just you know. yeah, me too. No, Dragon, Dragon Ball. Ball Z. I think I will give you the win for the show, but I like laughed more, and I like there was more that it, not not more to say, but like it, I laughed more, and I had like more things that we quote from um, the first episode of Family Matters. So, but I'm gonna give you the win. I understand your perspective. I'll take that win though. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, two in a row, two Ooh. in a row. All right, so uh, runners up. Oh, right. Sorry, let me get my runners up list. <laughs> All right. Runners up for you for 1989 are Shining Time Station. That is the Thomas the Tank Engine show that aired on PBS. Thomas the Tank Engine is, was, was my jam. But <laughs> I watched so much Thomas the Tank Engine as a kid, but... I know that I have not seen every episode of it. Uh, I have seen every episode of Dragon Ball Z. Therefore, Dragon Ball Z wins. That makes sense. And there's like 700 episodes of Dragon Ball Z. So it's like, it's, I, I probably, even if I hadn't finished the show, I've probably seen more episodes of Dragon Ball Z than I have of Shining Time Station. But, <laughs> yeah, hey, Thomas the Tank Engine, it's good stuff. <laughs> Does it hold up? I don't know. No. You do know. Uh, it, it doesn't it hold up. It probably doesn't hold up. But it's, it's. <laughs> It's it's definitely like there for your memes. You yeah, know? like go go take some screenshots, add some funny words to it. <laughs> Send it to us on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Simpsons was also one of your runners up. Like barely. It's only because they added the they they have Simpsons on Disney Plus. Yeah. So I like watched the first season of it. Yeah. Uh, so you know that counts as a runner up, I guess. And then cops. Oh, cops! Blame my parents for I blame that. You. So cops is a show. That my parents would watch every Saturday night. They'd watch Cops, and then they'd watch America's Most Wanted. And I was just in the room. I was in the room where <laughs> it happened. happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I apologize. Cops is a terrible show. You should not watch it. Um, but oh. hey, it's just something my parents ate up. Did, did we watch it? Maybe. Maybe we'll talk about that in some kind of secret episode that we record. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for me, my runners-up were... America's Funniest Home Videos. Hey, that's all right. I watched plenty of that. <laughs> I watched a lot of it. Like, I don't think we... Because they would just be on. Yeah. They would just be on for, like, hours. You'd just put yeah. it on and you'd laugh, I guess. There's something me and my sister still quote just to each other. There's, like... I can't remember. I can't remember. It was just, like, a child and their parent was like, do you want to take a bath? And then the kid would, In the bath? In the bath? In the bath? Oh, and gosh. so there's occasions where we'll just... Start saying that to show. Take a bath. Go to the bath. <laughs> I was like, I've never heard of a show more uh, obsolete after the internet than America's oh, yeah. Funny Home Videos. It's like, Goodness. hey man, I can watch America's Funny Home Videos any day I want. <laughs> any day I want. And also, people just put compilations of funny vines and yeah, TikToks yeah. or stuff. So, um, my other runners up were DBZ. Okay. And Ronmo One Half, which. I've watched a good amount of, I've read the entire uh, manga series. So my brain sometimes is like, how much of the anime did I watch though? It, it obviously didn't win this year, yeah. but I like, so they're interchangeable. That's in the thing. Head. Dragon Ball Z and Ronma one half, I think mark like the golden age of anime, you know, <laughs> at least Sailor like Moon? anime that was localized in America and like kicked off the American, like Sailor Moon. That too. Okay. You that's didn't what, say you didn't say Sailor Moon. I was like, no, <laughs> that's also debuting around the same time. Aww. So I'm just saying, oh, like, that's true. We're in that time where all of the anime produced in the late '80s, early '90s will, in ten years, be localized for America, and it will kick off America's fascination with anime. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's how all of us got into it. 
That's it. And those, yeah, those are those were the runners up. So let's some let's get some plugs out of the way. Um, if you like the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Media Made Show. Um, we will announce when new episodes come out. Maybe some funny things that I find. I don't know. <laughs> some uh, memes related to yeah. Send us memes related to the things. Yeah, we'll retweet you. <laughs> Please, what I don't want to see is a picture of freaking Papa Papa Chino <laughs> in a hat. Don't don't tweet that mess at us. Just like a screenshot of him singing, and it just says Papa Chino. Papa Nietzsche. Papa Nietzsche. Shout out to our previous episode, nineteen eighty nine music, where we talk about uh, Dream Theater's first singer, Papa Nietzsche. <laughs> Papa Nietzsche. Um, but okay, so we are on all of your major uh, podcast platforms: iTunes, Spotify podcaster google podcast leave us a review on those things yeah if you're listening to us on itunes hey give us a five-star review because it helps us with visibility yeah um if you want to follow me personally on twitter you can follow me at rod the master at rod the master i retweet cute drawings of kirby <laughs> <laughs> um i also have a wrestling podcast that i host called keep kayfabe that's kayfabe k-a-y-f-a-b-e we follow the careers of our favorite wrestlers if that sounds interesting to you check us out yeah. Uh, you can also uh, read some of the things that I write on ZeldaDungeon.net. Uh, we are a Zelda website. <laughs> <laughs> website about the the Legend of Zelda, the Nintendo video game series, The Legend mm-hmm. of Zelda. If you like that, check us out. What yeah. do you got? Um, if you would like to see uh, more things from me, you can find me on YouTube at Taming Tales, T-A-L-E-S, two words, Taming Tales, uh, on YouTube, where I... Mm, tell stories and currently uh as of whatever month we're in right now december <laughs> 2020 i am uploading a chronicle of me writing a novel and uh if you're interested in any of that i also put some videos up that have some terrible art hey if you're an artist and you like go to that channel and you see something and you're like i could do this better please hit me up because <laughs> it's not great <laughs> I got not I'm not gifted. Anyway, collab with me. Yeah. That's the end of Media Made 1989. We'll see you in the 90s for show the 90s. 90s hashtag #90s kid. Uh, so yeah, uh check us out. We're going to close out with Chala Hechala performed by <laughs> Hironobu Kageyama. That is the original theme song for the Japanese version of Dragon Ball Z. It is quite the jam. So See you in we'll see you in the nineties. Night kids. <laughs> <laughs>